Thank you very much. Thank you. Now we pray. Our Father, we thank thee today for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. For his grace toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died in our stead to justify we ungodly people and bring us back into the fellowship with the Father through the reconciliation by his own blood at Calvary where he so freely gave it for us all. And today we're enjoying these privileges because he was willing. And now, Father, may we be willing to go and share this great blessing with others. Help us to know thee better by the gathering this afternoon. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Be seated. Happy to see today is our host pastor, Brother James Jones from Indianapolis back there. So happy to the brother from Spindale also. Brother Winston here from California. I believe Justice looking, I've seen Brother Sossman here was last from from up in Canada where we just had the great meeting up there. And many other friends that's sitting around. It certainly is a privilege today to speak to such a host of people who I am expecting to live an eternity with in glory and have the privilege today to be standing to speak to you and fellowship with you around the Word of God. And it certainly is a privilege to do this. Now, last evening we had a great time in the Lord. That's right. The Holy Spirit was really poured out his blessings on us last night in a tremendous way. And tonight we're going to have the old-fashioned prayer line that we used to have years ago because we're going to um, uh, speak to you a little while this afternoon, fellowship with you with the Word, and then tonight speak again. And sometimes that way the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit for those divine visions doesn't come just as they should if you're kind of upset. Not, I don't mean upset, I mean over-enthused or something. It just doesn't seem to work just right. So Brother Joseph, I told him I'd like to have one night of that before leaving, and he has been so gracious to give it to us and to have it that way. And now... Uh, I am expecting God to heal many of the sick and afflicted. I'm going to ask the boys if they will go ahead and give out the prayer cards anyhow, a large number of them tonight, so we can keep order in the prayer lines to have the sick to come through. So if you've got any loved ones that's needy of prayer and you believe that by laying on hands is uh, God's healing power for the sick today, why you bring them out tonight because we expect to get a great host of them through the line. And now, it's such a short time we have to speak and such a so much to speak about. As long as we're speaking about the Lord Jesus, we got much to speak about. How every word so inspired. And um, I'm going to ask Pastor Joseph if he'll make ready to read a text for me or, or a scripture reading. Ben, I've something else come on my mind just now, and uh, I'm just to have the New Testament with me. So I want him to read a, for a background from the Old Testament, Second Chronicles 18, 22 to 27. I'm going to ask him to read this for us, and you might read it with him if you wish to, as a background for my text this afternoon. 
Second Chronicles. Uh, 18, 22 to about, about 27. And may the Lord add his blessing now to the reading of his word. While he's, you're turning to it, I'm going to ask this brother here from California, uh, have you heard anything about the meeting where we're going, what time we're going to be there in your city in Oakland and through there? Uh, the brother was making it up a few days ago, and I... I speak no words yet. Yes. Well, thank you, brother. I may have missed it on my trip. Yes. All right. Thank you. I just wanted this to be... I think we're to go east after Idaho in November and December and come there in... January or February, I think, is last of January and the first of February, or either this other part is to be up here in the east, or either go give that to the west coast and then go east. But I hope to see you there, brother. Here's some of that wonderful teaching. <laughs> All right, brother. 22nd. 22nd to 22nd. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil against thee. Then Zedekiah, the son of Shinana, came near and smote Micah upon the cheek and said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? And Micah said, Behold, thou shalt see on that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. Then uh, the king of Israel said, Take ye Micah and carry him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in prison, and feed him with bread of affliction, and with water of affliction, until I return in peace. And Micah said, If thou certainly return in peace, then hath not the Lord spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, all ye people. Now in this, this 17th chapter of St. John, I read for a text. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour hath come. And may he add his blessings to his word. Today, thinking to use this for a platform, the reading of the word that out of the Old Testament for a platform for the text in the New Testament, and praying that God will give us the context as we wait upon him. This time in the Old Testament had been a, a, is a very shaky time. Now, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah at the time, while Ahab was king of Israel at the time. They had been divided. And any time when we are divided, we can look for trouble. Right. We must be united. Right. And then we will stand. And But Jehoshaphat was a, a righteous man, a good man. He had had some good bringing up and a lot of examples as we've had today. He's seen his father Asa, how that when Asa served the Lord, then God was with him. But when Asa failed to serve the Lord and got stubborn, then God departed from him. 
no matter how well the Lord loves us and how well you love the Lord, when you depart from serving and worshiping the Lord, then just remember you can look for trouble to start in. Because God told David one time, Thou art a man after my own heart. And then when David did wrong, David had to reap for what he sowed. And he's never told us that we were after his own heart, so we'll surely have to reap what we sow. But during this time, Asa got a disease in his feet and he died. Was it because he did not ask the Lord for divine healing? He just went to the doctors alone. He wouldn't ask the Lord. He's too stubborn. And he just got to a place where he'd begin to listen to some modernistic views and didn't believe, maybe, didn't believe the Lord healed, so he didn't consult the Lord, nothing about it. He thought, well, my doctor can't help me. There's no need to ask anybody else. So the Bible said he slept. He was taken to the tombs of his father, his fathers, and there he rested. And now Jehoshaphat, his son, raising up to take his place, had a good background to look upon to see that when a man will walk for God and walk with God, God will walk with the man. But when that same individual turns his back from God, then God just lets him shift for himself. And we find out it's a very bad thing when we have to shift for ourselves. I never try to trust my own wisdom because I have none. I'm so glad that I do not. (laughs) If I had some, maybe I would try to trust in it. But the Lord just seen fit that I didn't have any, so I just have to trust in Him. Now I believe it would be good if we all just tried that a while, don't you think? Just don't take our own ideas about things, but rest solemnly upon thus saith the Lord. Don't try to reason it, because you can't reason it. If you can reason it out and see just exactly how it's going to be, it would not be an act of faith anymore. Faith is what you do not see. It's what you believe that you don't, you do not see it, but there's something inside of you sees it. And that's God that's inside sees his own word being made manifest. But you couldn't reason it. I just, there's no way of doing it. God never can be reasoned because he's beyond reason. He's God. And we just take what he said about it and call it the truth. Now, in this convention today, and while this is going on and having this great uh, fellowship, I kind of thought maybe that just a few words of how to present to the people, because knowing that most of you here are far ahead of me when it comes to uh, teaching Scripture, and I, I know positive there's man sitting here that, my, that I feel little to stand here by. But being that that we are associated together, I would like to give my view of what it is and, uh, and my warning to those who refuse to walk in God's path that he's ordained for us to go in. Now, during this time, Ahab was king of Israel, and he was a very indifferent. We have people like that today, what I would call kind of a borderline believer. He just goes any way the 
the wind is blowing. I believe we today call it mission trotting. And just any way the wind blows, they got their sails set to go into it. The Bible don't want us to be that way. He wants us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Have our sails set directly towards Calvary. If the wind's blowing contrary, there's a way of tacking that sail or ship and making that wind go coming right in your face. You can sail right straight into the wind. It's the way you set your sail. That's it. And we get our charter set right towards Calvary, and no matter which way the wind's blowing, we're still looking to Calvary. Whether it's opposite or whether whatever it is, we still are set towards Calvary. That's the true believer. And then we're not tossed about by every wind of doctrines and this comes in and that comes in and this takes place. we just got one solid course that's right to Calvary. I think that's what God meant when he spoke through Jude uh, over there and said, a cloud without rain, wandering stars, just wandering around about. That's, that's not right. We shouldn't do that. We should just, when a Christian is first born in the kingdom of God, his affection, his life, Everything is set right on Christ. You're just a little bit smart. If you don't watch, you'll put all of it over on education and go off to real cold, formal, and indifferent and everything, some theology, some great interpretation of Greek words. I met a man here some time ago, and he said, Billy, I just learned a certain Greek word. I've been on it for five years trying to learn the real meaning of this Greek word. So, oh, when I found it, is it a blessing? I said, you've been five years learning one Greek word? Yes. I said, in that five years, by God's grace, I've won a half a million souls to Christ, not knowing any Greek word. So, <laughs> that's, it isn't what you know, it's who you know. To know him is life. And, we spend so much time on those things which is foolish. Just, I don't mean foolish, which is doesn't do us any good. When you do know, what good does it do you? None. So you just might as well know him. And then if he becomes this person that's centered on Christ, if he's just a little bit nervous or emotional, if you don't watch that individual, he'll drift off to this side into fanaticism. And he'll become a regular... Just every way the wind blows, here he goes. Everywhere the rattle comes, well, he'll take after it. But you don't want that. One's just as contrary as the other is. But we want to be centered. Christ. And there alone, look to the Lamb of God. Look and live. Now, and so Jehoshaphat had seen when his father looked to God that God blessed him. And he had seen that Ahab turned from God because his wife didn't want him to go to church on Wednesday night and so forth, you know. So they found out that he become a lukewarm, wishy-washy, kicked about. You know, I believe if I did not believe in Christ, I'd be firmly against him. And I believe if I would express myself and in my heart I was against him and didn't believe him, if I'd make myself against him, he'd respect me more than he would if I'd be a wishy-washy tossed about. Right. I believe that 
even in human life. You take a woman, a young lady. Now we're just a school, a class. A young lady. She might not be pretty, but if she's a real lady and she holds her place as a lady, you know she'll be respected more than a pretty woman that doesn't hold her place, see? That's right. Because it's uh, any man that's got an ounce of man about him will respect that true and loyalty. And then if we become a Christian, we must put all the loyalty and respect and honor on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then if we're not and do not believe it, don't just wishy-washy about it. Just let the world know where you're standing. That's the best way. And it would be a great day when the church comes to that place, its members rather, that whether it will either be for Christ or against Christ, then the whole world will know how you stand. I don't like anyone to pat me on the shoulder and say, now, Brother Branham, I really love you, when he knows that I know different. Right. See? <laughs> he knows that I know different because his spirit just doesn't fit right and it just isn't there. And so I, I, then I lose respect for that person. I, I like to see a man if he said, now, look, I, I disagree with you with that. I, well, then he's honest about it. But Ahab wasn't that kind of a person. He was one he wanted to to serve the Lord one time and his wife wanted to do something else and he turned that way and had the prophets killed and so forth. One of those wishy-washy up and down, in and out. And God can never do nothing with a person like that. Right. He couldn't in that day or any day could he ever use a person like that. So we notice, but Jehoshaphat had seen the result from that kind of a life He'd seen the results from his father when he served the Lord, and then when he didn't serve the Lord. So all of that together, and taking it under consideration, Jehoshaphat had purposed in his heart to serve the Lord and to cling to the things that his father David did at the beginning. I like that. At the beginning, the Bible said. In other words, he went back to the old landmark and then it clean out the roads. It would be good for Pentecost to go back to the old landmarks. It would be good for all of us to go back to the old landmarks and clean out the roads. What would happen today? In the, I'm talking to, I suppose, mostly Pentecostal people here this afternoon. What would happen if after the church went back to the old landmarks? You talk about a cleaning up, there'd really be one around the Pentecostal church. It sure would. Now, how many knows that's the truth? Well, I sure do. There'd certainly be a, certainly a, a reformation going on. <laughs> oh, how people would be acting different, dressing different, talking different, and it, it'd just be altogether a different church if we went back to the old landmark where we started from. Now, so then... God blessed him. God will bless anyone who will go back to the old landmark of the Bible and start from the Bible, not according to theology, but from, or some man-made theology, but from true Bible theology, and start from the old landmark and move up. God will move with you. So God began to bless Jehoshaphat, and the first thing you know, he began to prosper him. And he built up all the garrisons so that the uncircumcised and the could not come in, and that's what the churches need today. Is a garrison of the old time apostolic teaching. 
throw this lukewarm formal in and out, up and down, doesn't get into our church. What did I say? That's right. That's right. We have permitted too many things to creep in, brethren. Too many things that we left the old landmark from the beginning to creep in. We never garrisoned the church. And now we got everything in it. That's right. All isms and isms and, and everything else in the church because we never garrisoned by the word. I was speaking today at lunch with Brother Duplissy and Brother Joseph and was speaking about foreign missions in a worldwide revival, that uh, worldwide mission journey that I'm fixing to take around the world in every city a few nights, every major city of the world. Then, thinking of the follow-up, I said, it's like, they said, if you don't have the follow-up, then you lose what you, you went after. Like I had a, a bullet in my hand. I told you what a famous shell that was. How the velocity of this shell will penetrate at a certain distance and what a, a, a muzzle velocity it has. It'll travel at the speed of 5,000 feet per second over the old-fashioned gun that maybe traveled or a thousand foot per second. Now the shell is all right. If I place that the cartridge into your hand, but what can you do with it? You haven't got a gun to use it in. So there you are. We've got to have a follow-up. We've got to have a garrison. We've got to have the church set in order, marching a great front to go forward. We're just losing time until the church gets in that kind of a condition. We'll find a few here, that's true, but not like we would if we were all one great undivided group of people, one great big front. The enemy in an army, if part of them, if the Kentuckians are shooting at the Hoosiers and the Hoosiers are shooting at the Kentuckians, the Illinois at the Missourians in a war, while the armies will just set off and say, let them kill themselves. But when they all become united, that's when the enemy sticks his ears up and takes away. And when all the great host of God unites themselves together, under one banner, the leading of the Holy Spirit moves on as the great church of the living God, then the enemy will take flight. We've got to do it. And we see in the Bible our examples. So if you notice, after God blessing this great man, Jehoshaphat, prospered him and everything began to go fine, one day he thought he'd take a visit down to his neighbor, Ahab. And as he went down to visit Ahab, Thought, well, I have some fellowship down there. Now, there's where he made a mistake, right there. Called, oil and water won't mix. That's right. Neither will a believer with an unbelief mix together. We've got to be one side or the other. You've got to make a stand and continue to stand. So as he went down to see Ahab, oh, what a reception he got. Oh, my, Ahab killed oxen, sheep, and so forth, and lambs, and made a great feast. And Now, that's just the way the enemy comes in. That's just the way it did to you sisters. 
When it begins, some woman come in and the church begin to pat her on the back and she she's a bobbed-haired woman and wore makeup and things like that. The first thing you know, begin to gradually creep in and now the whole church is mixed up in them. Amen. That's right. I, uh, don't let it hurt you, but we need an operation. <laughs> That's right. And when a man got to a place that he wasn't a man, her husband, and let her do that, that showed his weakness. That's right. He's supposed to be the head of the house. So, but today, the whole nation is in that trend, and America is not no more really America. It's not no more a Christian nation. It's a woman's nation. Little old Jezebel go down the street all painted up, and Brother Man will fall on their knees to her. That's right. I know that kind of hurts, but that's the truth. We need the operation. Now, that's in the world with Hollywood. That's not only in the world in Hollywood. That's in the Pentecostal church. We're not garrisoned against those things. And the pastor was weakling enough to let him get by with it. If you crowd against the thing, the whole church is one big united army, then it would have ceased a long time ago. But all we've got it now is no different. They just do anything they want to. Liberation of women, they wear these little old dirty-looking vulgar clothes and go out on the street. And let me say something right here, my lady. I hope you all love me. And I'm not here to criticize you. I'm only here to know that yonder at the day of judgment, I'll have to answer when I know these things and don't tell. Then if I do warn you, then the blood's off of my hand. Did you know Jesus Christ said, Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart? Does anybody know that? And if you dress yourself sexy-like, no matter how modest you think it is, and go out on the street and some old sinner looks at you to lust after you, at the judgment bar you'll be guilty of committing adultery with that man when he answers for it. Why is it? It was you was the one done it. You presented yourself that way, so you are the guilty one. And you, no matter how virgin and pure you've lived, you'll be guilty before God of committing adultery with a sinner, just the same as you went through the act. Jesus said so. That's not skim milk, brother. That's the truth. It's barbed but it's what God's Word says. It cuts and sharper than a two-edged sword. Now, I don't know whether your pastor appreciates that or not, but I'm telling you, my sister, at the judgment bar, I'll have to answer for it, and if I don't say these things, I don't care how many people say the liberation of women, that's a doctrine of the devil, and it's not in this Bible. That's right. You see what happened back in Rome? You see what happened in Greece? You see what happened back in the old Roman Calvary's long ago to the Christian church when it got to acting like the world? You know history, or your pastor should teach it to you. And you see in every age what happens to that crop. And you see exactly where it is right now in the Pentecostal church. So it's time to draw a line and make a garrison and preach the truth. You've got examples the same as Jehoshaphat had examples. So let's draw a line. Straighten ourselves up. And walk like men and women ought to, and present ourselves. Now the man, of course, in his dress, he's not a, a uh, he's not a sacred, uh, not a person like a woman's body. We realize that. Now it's the women, 
And the women is marvelous. I've been called a woman hater. Anybody said that is don't there, there's something wrong. I am not. But I, I love them and I want them to be God's daughters and to act like God's daughters. Just the same as man. We must do that. So we see those things as an example. And while you committee is here, while your convention's going on, brethren, what's happened to you? You're reading the same Bible. You know the Bible teaches those things. So let's get down to business with it. Let's either be for God or be against God. When did God answer the most? When we acted like Christians or now? Why, John Wesley's move would raise up and condemn this Pentecostal generation back in the old holiness time. Now, you know that, so. John Wesley was more respectable in his teaching and in the old-fashioned church long ago than we Pentecostal have ever been. That's true. Look what they did. They did things that we know nothing about. God honored them and blessed them because they walked up right before God. That's right, and we know that to be an example. Now, but when he come down and made fellowship with Ahab, then he got in trouble. Now, Ahab, and when you take the world that's trying to find fellowship with you, just remember there's a rabbit in the wood pile somewhere. When you take that little cigarette-smoking boy that wants to take you out at nighttime, young lady, you Pentecostal girl, that little drinker and his hair combed down, slicking up to hold his mouth open, let me tell you something now. There's something in the making. And he says, I'll marry you, dear, if, uh, and then I'll join your church. He's all lying to you. If he loves you and loves the Lord, he'll do it then. He don't have to take you. Right. And you man, you young boys, to some of these little painted-up Jezebels, the same way. You shouldn't do that. Shame on the pastors that fail to say that in their church. We are a call-out, separated, different people, sanctified to the Lord in his name. Yes, sir, we know the landmarks. They're wrote right down here, a plain view of us. But we're just talking about this and coming to all this, that, all this, that. We just fail, fall right with it. Sure, the Bible said the devil would be doing that in the last days. And that's exactly what he's doing. Now, then he made him a great dinner and invited him. Now he had some motive of doing that. He said, because he knew he was a great, powerful man. And he said, now let's join our ranks together. And let's just all come... Uh, and one great big rank, and then we'll go up to Ramoth Gilead, and, and there when we go up there, we'll defeat the enemy because this certain, certain ground belongs to us. Anyhow, Ramoth Gilead belongs to us, and it's actually our possession, so you help us go up and get what our possession is. See, greedy. And there's where Jehoshaphat made his mistake. Then, being a spiritual man, though, he said, Yes, I'll go with you, but first, let's consult the Lord. That is a good thing. Pray and everything. And then he said, All right, we'll just do that. Now, I've got a seminary down here. I've got some of the best prophets there is. Oh, they're educated to the moment. They're the smartest man there is in the country. 
because I've seen to it. I've taken care of them. I support the seminary. And I've got some of the best, so I'll call for the elect to come. So he went and got all the fine scholars and brought them up there, and they all got together, 400 of them. And he said, shall we? I can see the king. And everybody's just going right the way they, whatever the king says, whatever the bishop says, they all do, you know. The general overseer, you know, what he says, they all do. See? Hand in his coat, you know, and said, uh, gentlemen, shall I go up to Ramoskilia or shall I forbear? One said, you know who that is, don't you? You know where our meal comes from. We'll be excommunicated. We won't have this. We won't have nothing to back us up. Mm-hmm. Now, you better watch. What do you say about it, Pastor? Well, I tell you, I believe we better. Yes, I think so, too. What about the superintendent? What does he say? Oh, he passes the word right along. We all better stay good about the king. Oh, my. We better say, oh, this is the greatest denomination there is, and none like it. Oh, yeah. Nothing can do it but this. We're the only ones that has to say so over it. Oh, yeah. So they all come out with one of the cards that, oh, the Lord says go up. He's with you. Ahab said, you see, <clears throat> sure, we're going up. But you know, there was something about a spiritual man when it's no matter how many says yes, if it's contrary to the word, that man don't believe it. Right. Joseph said, well, how many got out there? He said, 400. And they're all seminary students. They're a great man. And it was one accord. They're giving us the right. Oh, we just got to win. And he said, but, 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 but haven't you got one more? Well, what do you need one more for? Here's 400, the best. What would one more make any difference? If you got 400 saying yes, well, why ask for one more? He said, but, you know, haven't you just got one more? He said, yes, I got a little holy roar down here. But he, uh, well, he, holy roar, he is an outcast, you know. He said, he said, I got one down here, but I hate him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Got to. He stepped on his corns all the time. He kind of rough scuffed him around a little bit. He said, I'll tell you before he comes, I hate him. He said, because he's always saying evil against me. Sure, what else could he do? The Word said evil against him. So how could I hold my peace about Christian women painting up? How could I hold my peace of the weakness of the Christian church when the Word's against it? Sure it is. The Word's against it. I don't care what the pastor says, the Word says so. Let's stay on the Word. 400 was giving one consent that it was all right to go ahead and do it. Yeah, that's all right. I didn't go to hurt him. Don't believe him. He's, he's weak-minded. But Micah had the truth. That's what we want is the truth. Regardless of the word hurt, circumcised, or who cuts off. We want the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Oh, sure. Oh, he said, they look who they got. They got that group of holy roller up there now. Listen to him now. But I want you to notice, before he got there, they sent a committee to meet him. And said, now look, 
all the theological seminary boys are up there, and they've everyone told the king it was all right for him to go do what he wants to do. Now, Micah, don't you say anything contrary to what they say. Now, you want to unite together now. You want to say the same thing he said. If it would have been according to the word, it would have been right. But it was contrary to the word. That's right. Like a minister here not long ago was saying, he was going evangelist, going to a church to hold a, a meeting. And I hope you don't take this for a joke because it's no place for a joke. It was absolutely told to me for the truth. And it was supposed to be in a fine denominational church. And the deacon board met him down at a certain place on the train and got on and said, Are you the evangelist? He said, I am. He was reading his Bible, writing down some notes as he studied and prayed. He said, Now, we were sent as a committee from the church to tell you now a few things about our church. He said, All right, I'd like to hear them. Before we get there, I know more how to approach the church and the people. He said, I want to be a blessing to you while I'm there. But all right, that's what we want you to be. Now, we'll just say to you, evangelist, that don't say anything about horse racing. Said because the pastor owns a race horse. And he said, and he bets on the races all the time. And we would not have you to hurt our pastor's feelings at all. And said, now, usually, bandits are them fiery fireballs. And said, we have better thoughts than that of you. So, uh, don't say nothing. Usually, they're always ticking about these here bunco games in the church. So, now, the Women's Aid Society always has a bunco game every Wednesday night after prayer meeting in the basement. So, be sure, don't say nothing about that. And he went on with a whole list of things. What he could not do, could not talk about. The evangelist said, then what will I talk about? And he said, you might speak about the Jews because we only have one of them in the church. <laughs> now, there is such evangelism as that today in Pentecost. They're afraid to speak the truth. Right. I don't care if it hurts the pastor who it hurts. It's God's eternal word. And we're responsible for it. A preaching of it. We must tell the truth. I don't care how bad it hurts. But you know, they spoke to the wrong man when they spoke to Micah like that. Oh, no. He wasn't one of these compromisers with his wings set to see if he'd get a good offering or not. Oh, no, no, no. He was a man of God. Well, I could imagine the Scripture doesn't say so. But maybe perhaps they said, now, if you'll say the same thing what these prophets say from the seminary, you know what? They might give you a degree from that copy. <laughs> you know, they might absolutely, after a while, after you learn to speak a little better grammar, you know what? They might actually make you one of them if you'll say the same thing they say. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they'll do that yet today, too. Sure they will. But what did this little holy roller say? He said, I'll only say what my God puts in my mouth to say. Amen. Amen. There's the kind of a man to have.
No wonder the Holy Ghost down in Jehoshaphat's heart said, yet there's one more, he'll tell you the truth. He'll tell you the truth. Just one more, but he'll really be honest with you. So then, little Micah comes over after praying and seeing a vision, and Jehoshaphat sits with all these 400 preachers around him, the doctor, Ph.D., and all the rest of them, you know, around there, and the general superintendent, and the, the bishop, and the, all of them, you know, was all around there, all great fellowship, eating lamb steaks and so forth, having a wonderful time. And they were all dressed just right, their collars turned around and their long robes flowing, you know, with the Holy Father wrote on them and everything like they do, you know, all dressed up. But, you know, that just didn't please the man of God down in his heart. He thought there was something different from that. I do, too. I really do. But the mind of Saul trying to put his ecclesiastical vest on David, it just didn't work on the man of God. That was all. Just don't fit him right. To take this thing off of here. I've never proved it. Now, that's what we need today take off some of our ecclesiastical vests and put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Trying to quit speaking great big words for the congregation don't know what we're talking about, anyhow. That's right. Just plain old sassafras preaching is what'll save them. It's the truth. No matter how flat footed it is, it's, it's the word, anyhow. They understand it that way. We're not rich and up-to-date and all these great big things. We're old-fashioned. But we should be. Now, we don't have to learn how to use great uh, grammar and do all these great words and things. Just speak it plain. Then, what's taking place? What a time. The next thing we find out, that these great classicals standing around, and let me speak this just a minute. Did you know where class come from? Class is of the devil. Now that's thus saith the Lord of the Bible. Class and pomp came from the devil. In the very beginning, when Cain and Abel come up to worship, Cain come before the Lord in class. Abel came in righteousness. By revelation. Now look, when Cain came, he brought the fruits of the field, everything that grows, the flowers and everything, and decorated his altar, and he worshiped God. A true picture of the carnal church member today and the carnal-minded pastor who wants the church to stick higher than the rest of them in the city and, and the seats all plush and million-dollar pipe organs. God don't care that for that. Right, don't have a thing. You build all those great big places like that and strand your people until they're just about poor paupers and everything else with all your stuff to put in the church and thousands of heathens dying on the mission field without knowing Christ on time. Right, it's a disgrace to Christianity. Yes. Or if you only could see one time, you know what I was speaking of. Building a million-dollar church and two-thirds of the world never heard of Jesus Christ. What a pity. Now, watching. Then it was class, and Cain came, undaunted with Satan, and made a great big classical thing. But now, Abel, when he came, he never come in class. 
but he come in revelation. The Bible said in Hebrews 3 that Abel, by faith, offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And the only way he did it was by faith, and faith in what? The Word of God, because that's the only thing you can have faith in. God had revealed to him that it was the blood, and Cain had a beautiful offering, yet not covered in blood. And Abel didn't have a beautiful offering, but it was covered in blood. And it was according to the Word. And God recognized it because it was His Word. And today, God's not watching the great big church, how big biggest builder, how well the, the choir can sing or all this the other, or what class of people, whether well-dressed or not well-dressed in your church. He is not looking for such things as that. No, not by a million miles, He's not. He's watching for someone to come the way of the blood. Revelation! And Abel, by faith, he heard the word of God and took God at his word. And by faith in the word of God, God received him. That's the only way God will ever receive anybody is by taking God at his word. By revelation that God will keep his word. God said the Holy Ghost is good for this day. That settles it for me. If God put the power in the church to heal the sick and cast out devils and the prophets and so forth, set them in the church, and promised it that they would be to the end of the world, that satisfies it to me. Don't care what any theologian or how much they can do like a worm and a lemon, run here, squeeze out here, squeeze out there, doesn't make a bit of difference. God said so, and that settles it. But stay with God, have faith in his word. Now, God told Cain, said, if you'll do well, see, but if you're not, sin lies at the door. Sure, Cain was a type of the carnal believer today who goes down and thinks, I'll join, look, you know the biggest church there is in Chicago is so-and-so and doctor so-and-so, I'll go join that over there. Then you go to read in the Bible and you find out that none of the things that Jesus said was going on in the church, these signs shall follow that belief. It doesn't follow. Jesus said they shall follow them that believe. Right. Not they maybe will, perhaps they will, they will for a certain amount of time. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe, and it was promised to the end of the world. I want the page in Scripture where he said he took it away from them. That he would contradict his own word. See what a mess you'd get into? These signs shall follow them. That was a marking, a memorial, a mark of true believers that he was in their midst because he's just showing himself and manifesting himself by these signs. Amen. Now, to think a church being built on that, let the world creep in. Well, surely it'll rouse the indignation of a real, true servant of God. Sure, it's wrong. Let's get the thing out of there. Get away from this old lukewarm halfway. Say a little prayer in the morning, a little prayer at night, and go to bed, and get up the next morning. No wonder we're getting whirly. No wonder the world's creeped into the church. Because we don't stand prayer. There's no more agonizing. There's no more standing before God. There's no more digging out, cleaning up. We need an old-fashioned revival. We just pull ourselves... We're the assemblies. We're the Pentecostals. We're the oneness. We're the trinities. We're this, that, or the other. We don't have nothing to do with that other group. 
there's where the Holy Spirit leaves you, right there. When you get that in your mind, brother, you just might as well go back to the altar because that's the place you belong. Right. Amen. That's how worldliness creeps in. Let's forget about it. Let's put our affections on Christ and look to Christ and Him alone. Amen. And have fellowship one with another while the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If he come to mark today, every one of us without a fault, who would he mark? If you think the next man's an error, remember the grace of God just as real to him as it is to you. Amen. I'd hate for him to mark me today whether I was faultless or not. I don't trust in that. I trust in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to take me through. I stand in his grace alone. Nothing in my arms I bring. I've done nothing. I've said nothing. That's worth nothing. Is I think that I've done, Lord. I just wholly depend on you. Just you and you alone. Sure, Lord. And if I love you with a true heart, I'll certainly love you and walk and try my best not to do anything to hurt you. And if I do do anything to you wrong, I'll repent for it as quick as I do it. I love my wife. If I do anything wrong to her, I'd repent immediately for it. If I did it not knowingly, uh, I'd repent and tell her I was sorry I'd done it. And sure, I would to my Lord. And I wouldn't do nothing to hurt the poor little thing for nothing in the world. And neither would I do to hurt God a million times more than my wife. If you love him, you'll respect him. And you'll right. offer him. There. Notice. But what we got off is on our theology. Oh, my. You know, Dr. So-and-so, he's such a classic man. Oh, do you know he speaks in two or three different languages? <laughs> he does all this, that. Now, you know what? He pastored the great so-and-so church one time. <laughs> and that's nothing. Oh, you are to hear how he says, Amen. It's the most beautiful. I read a piece of paper the other day about that long where it said that a certain bishop of a certain church prayed the prettiest prayer to a certain denomination that was ever prayed. Well, that's who he prayed to, the denomination, <laughs> not to Christ. That's right. Talk about a half a page of paper to write his prayer out. He prayed it to the denomination, a pretty prayer. Oh, and that's coming into Pentecost, too. Oh, yes, we're getting to pray so pretty, do things so pretty, and look so pretty. Sure, we get just like the rest of them. Time to shake yourself. Come out of it. Right. What about the blood? Don't be like Cain's offering. Keep the blood over you. I don't care how ugly and raw and broken language and everything else it is. Keep the blood! That's what we need. Keep on the blood. We notice this classical. Yes, God gave him a chance. He said, now if you'll do well, it'll be all right. You'll be accepted. But if you don't do well, then sin lies at the door. Now you've seen that I have accepted this, this plan here, and I have not accepted yours. But now if you'll do well, you'll come over and fellowship here. These signs shall follow them that believe. And if you see I have accepted that doctrine, my Bible, I have kept my word, I have confirmed it amongst the people, now, if you'll do well, come on over with them. That's how fellowship one with another. But what did Cain do? Just exactly like they do today. He sought out a way he could put him out of order. That's right. Brother, someday, don't you worry. If you're a real true Christian, your hide will be for sale. That's, don't you worry about that. And right now, you're hated among all people for his namesake. 
despised and rejected. See? And he said, now if you'll do well, but he didn't do well. But he slew his brother. All his classics. But no matter how classical all these preachers and before these two kings, yet Micah said, I saw in a vision God sitting upon his throne and the host of heaven standing at his right and left hand. And they said, who can we get to go down and deceive Ahab to get him out there to fulfill the word of God? If you want to see vision, if you want to be right, Stay in the Word. God works right in the Word. That's the plan. See? Now, Micah, listen, here's the secret. Micah was staying right with what the prophet said. A prophet, Elisha, because Ahab had done the evil, he said the dogs will lick your blood. And how, or the death of righteous Naboth. And how that the Word of God through that prophet, which was God's Word, come to the prophet, and they stayed right with that. And Micah couldn't go right or left from it because it was already confirmed the word of God. Right. Right. God's word was with the prophets in them days. He had the law, but he had his word with the prophets. And Micah, being a prophet, a true prophet, now look, let me show you something. Oh, I see it. Look at here. This is fresh. There were 400 seminary students who claimed to know the Word and wasn't respecting it. They tried to bypass it because of pop. They tried to bypass it because it was the king to pat somebody on the back. But this little holy roller, as I called him a while ago, he didn't care how much patting on the back went on. He stayed with God's Word. And he couldn't prophesy nothing or preach unto what the Word said. Amen. Glory! Stay with the Word. There it is, brother. God will back that Word up every time. He didn't care what the seminaries taught. He didn't care what any rest of them was. He knew the Word of God pronounced a curse on Ahab and nothing else could take the place of it. So therefore, being with the Word and lined up with the Word, the Holy Ghost lined up with him. Or he lined with the Holy Ghost and saw visions. Well, I feel real good, real religious. Get with the Word. Stay with the Word. And if there ever a true vision comes, it'll come by the Word. Amen. Never thought of that before. That's a new one. Thanks the Lord. Stay with the Word, brother. Elijah, Micah was with the word because the word had pronounced cursings on that thing. And how could Micah say anything else but stay with the word? So by staying with the word, God showed him a continuation of the word. Hallelujah. There you are. I hope you think to you like it does me. But there it is. God will show the continuation of the word. I said, sure, go on if you want to. <laughs> Lord, go do what the preachers tell you to do. But I saw Israel scattered like sheep and had no shepherds. So I saw God in heaven. I saw the throne and the host of heaven standing at right and left hand. said, who can we get to go down and deceive Ahab? Who can we get to bring him out here to fulfill Elijah's prophecy? See, Michael was right on that word. <laughs> that word had to be fulfilled. 
And a lying spirit come up, come out of hell. Come up there and say, I can do something for you. Said, you know what? I can get that seminary easy because they don't have very much prayer meetings. so agonizing. There's nothing around there, no blood, so I can just walk any time I want to. <laughs> I can take possession of that thing. You got a whole denomination. <laughs> I can get the whole thing. They don't even believe in the blood. So I, I can take the whole thing. God said, that's right. You can't do that. <laughs> said, I'll go down there and get in them fellows and cause them to prophesy a lie, all them preachers. Every one of them, all their great theology, I'll just blind their eyes from the Word. That's all I have to do is keep that Word so they can't see it. You know, God does that a lot of times. Said he got eyes and can't see, ears and can't hear. Is that right? That's right. Sure. But I'll blind their eyes and they can't see it. So I'll just go down and cause them to be inspired. And they'll prophesy a lie. Then you'll get him up there. And so one of these preachers old did his, did his um, great prestige become so, uh, um, what would I say? It become so degraded before the people that he walked up and smacked him in the face. He said, which way went the Spirit of God out of me? Now he thought he had the Spirit of God, but it was a lying spirit. Because it was contrary to the word. Right. Now, if people say signs and wonders don't follow, it's a lying spirit. It's contrary right. to the word. Right. If the Bible says people tell you the Holy Ghost ain't in this day the same as it was the other days, it's a lying spirit. That's in false prophets. They're telling you a lie. If the spirit gets this as all liberation women and do all these other things and go out and act like the world, it's a lying spirit. It's not lined up with the word. Stay in the Word! Right. Stay right there. Now, and you know what the story come out. What was it? Years had passed, but the time had come for that Word to be fulfilled. When the season rolls around, don't you worry, the crop will be there. It's right. And brethren, if there ever was a time for the next few minutes now, I want to talk to you to your heart. If there ever was a time that the time has come for the Word to be fulfilled, it's now. This is today. Seeds have been planted. It's time to take the hoe and get out here and go to cutting out some of these weeds and things we got grown up. Sawbriars and stinkweeds and everything else. That's grown up amongst the people. Doubters, disbelievers, lukewarm, everything else is time for us to get the hole and chop it out. And there's nothing any better than a two-edged sword of God to cut it with. The time had come in the antediluvian world for God to show His Word made true to the antediluvian people. And He respected Noah. The time had come in Babylon. Well, that at last God to scorn. They'd made fun of, of the Hebrew children. They'd laughed at them. Told them there's old fogies and everything. They ought to be modern. But they stayed put. God respects that staying put. And they had laughed at them. Told them in jail. Done everything to them. 
But finally, the time come for God to speak. And he showed his power. He was able to deliver him from the fiery furnace. He showed his power when the time comes, when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. The time had come for God to move out and to speak. And he closed the mouth of the lion's but sent an angel into the den with Daniel. Jesus, just before Calvary, the time had come when the proclamation must be signed. It come a time where Adam's race was at the end of the road. Something had to be done. It was at that time that Zechariah, standing in the temple, saw an angel of God who warned him and told him what was going to happen. The time was at hand. And he was shouted the angel's word and was stricken down. The time comes when Mary was coming from the well that day with a pot of water on her head. The time had come for the visitation of the Savior. And she, at a virgin, was conceived and bare a son. The time was there regardless of what the world didn't even believe it was all out of line with their teaching. But the time comes. And when the time has come, it's going to happen. Amen. 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 The angel Gabriel met the virgin and told her she'd be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and would bring forth a son and he'd be the Son of God. Never had happened in all the world, but the time had come. Whenever a Jewish woman had waited and watched for the time for this, hoping it would be her, but the time come when God made his choice. God makes a choice. The time comes when John the Baptist is born as a forerunner to fulfill the word of God. Because he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness in Isaiah 40, that there be one several hundred years before he comes. The time comes for John to be born. And when the time comes, John arrived on the scene. Amen. The time had come after Jesus' death, after Calvary. The time come there that he must die for the sins of the world. And he died just according to the Scripture because everybody believed that lined up with the Word and the time comes that it must be fulfilled. And he died between two malefactors. They went by breaking their legs with hammers. And a Roman raised back the mall to break his legs. But the time comes when the Bible must be fulfilled. When it said there won't be a bone broken in his body. And he held his peace. What was it? The angel of God stayed his hand. The time had come for the scripture to be fulfilled. They put him in the grave. They put a seal on the grave. They garrisoned a bunch of soldiers, a century, a hundred men, armed around there to be sure that nothing would take place for three days. He laid there through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But on Sunday morning, the first Easter, no matter how many armies was there, how well they were garrisoned, the time had come for the word of God to be fulfilled. Right. I will not suffer my holy one to see corruption, right. neither will I leave his soul in hell. Hallelujah. The time had come. I don't care what takes place, it's going to happen anyhow. Amen. The time had come. And an angel come from heaven and the man fell like dead men in the grave opened and Christ walked out victorious Amen. over death, hell, and the grave. The time had come. 
Amen. After that, he commissioned his disciples to go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said, before you go, I don't care how well educated you are. I don't care how much you've walked with me. Before you can be a witness to me, you've got to wait yonder until you're endued with power from on high. What was it? He was lying with the word. Joel said, in the last days it'll come to pass, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Jesus before death said, this gospel will be preached all the ends of the world to our witness unto me. And it must begin at Jerusalem. Luke 24, 49. Notice. Then they went up in the room. One of them said, well, how long we have to wait here? Others said, I believe I'll go out. I can hear him say, he never said how long to wait. He said, wait until you're in due with power. How long will we wait? That isn't the question. That isn't the commission. Is wait until you're endued. How long should I pray? How many more days should I wait? Should the revival break now? Brother, wait until God pours out his power. Not until we elect a new bishop. Not until we put a new pastor. But wait until the Holy Ghost comes from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Not wait till we choose who's going to be the bishop of this group. Not wait and see who's going to be the overseer of this group. But wait until you have organized yourself. No, sir. Not wait until you set up a district presbyter. No, sir. Not wait until you have enough finance to build a new church. No, sir. But wait until you're in due with power from on high. Amen. And then when that complete Pentecostal number was fulfilled, 50 days, the time had come. Hallelujah. The time had come for Joel's prophecy to be fulfilled. The time had come for Jesus to pour out his Spirit. The time had come for the fulfilling of the Word. And there was somebody lined up with the Word to have it fulfilled. Glory! And all of a sudden, to those who were lined in line with the Word, waiting on the promise, there come a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Isaiah said, precept upon precept and line upon line. Here a little and there a little whole pass of that what's good. For I was stammering lips and other tongues while I speak to this people and this is the refreshing. Amen. This is the rest that shall come from the presence of the Lord. No matter that never spoke since Babylon. But it was time to come. For God to unite the nations together and man together with one heart and one accord, whether what language or whatever it was, he spoke in every dialect under the heavens. One group of people, all Galileans, the time had come. Amen. Brother, the time has come. We're in the last days. We're in the atomic age. The time has come. That they got a weapon that can shake this world from its orbit and dive in its time into the sun and cause a total annihilation. They couldn't have done that before, but the time has come. Amen. The time has come where there's a falling away. The Bible said, except there come a falling away, the man of sin will reveal himself. 
the Pentecostal church is living in the falling away time. The time has come. The time has come for the signs to follow the believers. We're at the end time. We're in the latter rain. We're at the time where men will be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, and despise those that are good. Heady, high-minded. The time has come when they're teaching doctrines of devils, perverting the Bible teaching into theories and theologies to draw groups of people away after them. If time has come that God will gather his church together soon under one great big banner of the Lord Jesus Christ and pour out his powers among them and great times and wonders will take place, the time has come. The time has come for the Pentecostal church to make it stand. The time has come to circumcise the church and call off this foolishness. The time has come to go back to the old landmark. The time has come for the outpouring. The time has come for the gathering of the people. The time has come for Jesus to come. The time will be here soon to give out the reward. Brother, be careful that your crown isn't set on someone else's head. The time has come. We're at the end time. If we're ever going to do anything, brethren, we're going to do it now. The time is at hand. The time has come when God's shaking every denomination under the sun. I was reading an article where a great theologian in the Baptist church come to one of the meetings, and he seen the working of the Holy Ghost. It was in the voice of Healy, but the Bozale reprinted again. Well, that he said, a Baptist scribe meets a Pentecostal prophet, and he threw away all of his literature, he threw away all of his theology, got down and said, God, if you can do that for that man, do it for me. And his jaws locked with glory, and he spoke in three different languages and went to the platform praying for the sick and God working son. Amen. The time has come. That's the jewels. The time has come for the prospectors to go to digging. The jewels are coming out of every denomination, being polished up and given gifts and set out in order. Hallelujah. The time is here. The time is here right now. The baptism of the Holy Ghost moves through the city again. It's time for sinners to repent. It's time for backsliders to get right with God. It's time for cleaning up in the church. It's time for signs that God showed. Everybody waited on their signs. The signs of Mark 16 is being fulfilled. Certainly it is. David waited for a sign. He heard, he waited. He waited to start. Then all at once he heard the mulberry bushes rattling. He knew God was going before him. Brother, the time has come when the Pentecostal mulberry bushes have been shook again by the outpouring of the Holy Ghost like it fell on the day of Pentecost, that rushing mighty wind that come from heaven. The time has come. Did they ever go to the earth?
interpretation lying straight with the word. How many of you solemnly in your heart say, I know I've been wrong. And from by God's grace in this day on, I'll take a stand for right in Christ. Amen. Will you rise to your feet? Amen. Will you come to your feet? By this saying, I now take my stand for Jesus regardless. I now take my stand solemnly. My hopes is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. When all around my soul gives way, and he's all my hope and stay, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other grounds of sinking sand. All other grounds of sinking sand. Still lying with the word. God is with us. God is showing his hand in mercy. Amen. Friends, I think what we need to do is a solemn old-fashioned breaking down before God Amen. and saying, God, I repent for all my evil, and now forgive me and help me to be a real Christian. Let us not with, not with no other way but a broken heart of our evil while the God is in our midst, maybe for the last time for a long time. If he is in our midst now to give us this time of repentance, let us repent with all of our hearts and give God glory and take a new hope today and serve him. And come out, you women, clean yourselves up. You men, be Christians. You preachers, go to your pulpits preaching. God is with us. If there ever was a time when I was in Sweden or Finland, they were pulling hires and scratching the ground to get the seed in. If they didn't do it, Soon the snow would come, they'd starve the next year. Brother, sister, the seed's being sowed on scratched ground by the Holy Spirit. Let's let it take hold now and grow. Jesus of Nazareth. Oh. Therefore, before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead in the period. 
preach the word. Yes, and in season, out of season, reproof, rebuke, he starts to fall on something and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure a sound doctrine. Yes, it's just the standard holds high the gospel story. Even so, walk straight paths that the lame should not be turned from the way. Even so, make straight paths and lift up the hands and hang down and see when he's a be turned not from the way. Yes, proclaim the gospel story and preach the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. And thou shalt see signs and wonders. And thou shalt see the glory of the Lord this day. For as the Lord has spoken it, will I not bring it to pass? For I can change not. Even from everlasting to everlasting, I can change not. I'm Amen. Hear that three message? The Bible said there'd be three messages at a time. Here it was, and the last ones went to the preachers. See, the other two to the laity, this one to the preachers. Brethren, God is in our midst. God is in our midst. He certainly is. Let us give him praise. Oh, Jesus, Son of God, precious Lamb, let it be known this day, Lord. Let it be known, oh, God, visit Chicago like never before. Stretch forth thy hand to thy holy son, Jesus, to heal the sick and afflicted. Make signs and wonders, Lord. Make paths that the people can walk therein. Bless them, Lord. Give glory all ye people, for his blood can wash away each thing. How we thank you, Lord. How we repent of our sins. How we look to thee, the Lamb of God, and believe on thee, that thou art the Lamb, the Holy One, the only one, the true and living God, we give thee praise and glory and, and repent and ask you, Lord, to forgive us and to help us, oh God, to be examples, not to draw an boundary line only in righteousness, and to preach the word in season out of season, as thou hast told us to do. Bless this people, Lord, forgive every sin. Take away all of our iniquity and remove all the stain from us. Wash us in thy blood and may the Lamb of God, oh, make every one of us sheep today. Cheer us all, Lord, from our earthly privileges of these things of the world. Take all the things away from us and let the dove of God set upon each heart just now that this will be one of the greatest times that Chicago has ever had. It is to this room this afternoon because of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in his power. Oh, Christ, receive these people. I pray for them and these ministers and myself as we stand here, Lord, a witness and knowing that you're in our midst and knowing that we're to stand in your presence someday to give an account for our words, even to our thoughts. And we pray, Father, that you'll wash us and cleanse us from all sin and to make us pure-hearted and clean-minded and with one motive, to see souls born to the Lord Jesus Christ. Make us missionary-minded. Oh, God, may we go into the streets. Oh, where is the voice in the streets? No more street meetings. No more nothing. And the world has become one stinking place, Lord. Oh, because that we have let down. Forgive us, Lord. May we cry like the prophets of old. Oh, help us, dear God. We pray that you'll receive our repenting and wash us and cleanse us and give us the gifts of the Spirit and move in us, O oh Lord, afresh this day 
and from this day henceforth. I present this prayer to thee for the people and for myself in Jesus Christ's name. What has happened? What is this? Ask yourself that question. It's the same Holy Spirit who knows the secret of every heart. Let's shake hands with one another and say, if I have harmed you or done anything, God forgive me. This is to you, to, from me to you. If I have done aught against anyone, God forgive me. If I've let down or compromised, God forgive me. I want to be the servant of the Lord. I want to love everybody. And above all, I want to love the Lord so that I can stand as a, between the living and dead to minister for him. I love him. I'm expecting something great to happen now since this marvelous visitation. I believe it with all my heart. I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood can wash away each thing. Oh, my. I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinner. Brother Matson, you dismiss us in a word of prayer, if you will, or the words that you desire to say. I'll make ready for the night. <clears throat> Praise.